Good morning, church family. I <clears throat> bet y'all didn't expect to see me up here again today. <clears throat> I didn't expect to be up here again today, <clears throat> but uh, God had other plans. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, the Bible says be ready in and out of season. So uh, whenever Braden called, he, Braden's supposed to be preaching for Jeff, who's, and now I'm preaching for Braden, but that's okay. I had a funny feeling in the middle of last week that I was going to be standing up here. And um, I love that song that we just got through singing because God said, I'm never going to let you down. So even when he gives you an assignment at the last minute, I'm never going to let you down. And I love one of the verses that said, he is the fire inside my veins. Jesus Christ is the fire inside my veins this morning, people. I can do what I'm doing because God's in control, not me. And I believe without a doubt that this was his plan that I'll be here today. And I'm grateful to be able to share with you from God's word. You know, gratitude is sometimes very rare in today's world. But... Then again, it's always, always been that way. Jesus, when he walked on this earth, he experienced people's ungratefulness. In the story we're about to read, only one, only one out of 10 came back to say thank you. Together, let's look at two groups of people today. The first group is made up of only one. Only one man, the man who in humility and gratitude returned to acknowledge what God had done for him. Nine who received the blessing, they enjoyed the blessing, but they forgot the giver of the blessing. So if you'll open your Bibles to Luke 17, And we'll start in verse 10, Luke 17, or excuse me, verse 11. When you have it, say amen. Luke 17, verse 11. This is a story about Jesus who heals these 10 lepers. Read along with me. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, go, Show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned 
to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to the, then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be in your house. Thank you, Father, for the privilege we have to be a part of the family of God, for the privilege we have with your word right here in front of us to be able to, to, to listen to you as you speak to us today. I ask God that you'd show us, you'd help us to see, you'd help us to hear. I thank you and give you all the praise, honor, and glory in advance. And ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Jesus was on his way, as we read in verse 11 and 12, he was on his way to Jerusalem and he was traveling along the borders of Samaria and Galilee. Now somewhere in the middle of nowhere, a small unnamed village, a border town, not important enough to even been named, but a place on the edge of society, a place where you would find people on the edge of society, people like lepers, people who were not residents of either Samaria or Israel, people who were shuffled off so they would not be seen by the public. You see, lepers were outcasts as far as normal people were concerned. The 10 lepers probably wanted to come close to Jesus, but they didn't. Why did they stand at a distance and not come close? Leviticus tells us, Leviticus 13, 45, and anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkept, cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. Leprosy was a common disease. Leprosy at that point was a fatal disease a disease that distanced them from humanity because of their uncleanness. That was the leper's condition. Now let's look at the leper's petition. Verse 13 and 14, even though these men were in a terrible condition, somehow they realized that there was something special about Jesus. There was something different about Jesus And they didn't, I don't believe they didn't just call out. I believe they cried out. And they did it in unison. And I can sort of see these 10 guys and they had heard about Jesus and they would heard that he was coming that way. And so these 10 guys gets together and they said, okay, whenever Jesus comes, let's all cry out to him at the same time because there will be a louder voice and maybe he'll hear us. Maybe he will respond to us but we're gonna all have to do it together and we're all gonna have to say the same thing. It can't be 10 guys saying something different. So they said it in unison. It was a very simple request. 
Very simple request. They just said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us or have pity on us. Two things to notice right here. First, they didn't ask to be healed. They didn't have to. It was obvious what they wanted and what they needed. Second, they called Jesus master. Friends, I want to tell you something. If you want Jesus to do something for you, then you need to recognize Jesus for who he is. He is the master of everything. Amen? Amen. He is the master of everything. Our text tells, tells us, it says, when he saw them, he said, go. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. First thing to notice is the command, go. That takes obedience and it takes action. It's the same for us today. It's the same for us today. If Jesus tells you to do something, you better get after it. That's a command. Second thing they notice is they were healed as they were going. As they were going, they believed that Jesus was going to grant their request. That's why they cried out to him in the first place. The fact that they were on their way to see the priest showed a certain amount of faith on their part. So why didn't Jesus just say, well, you're healed and send them on their way? Well, again, Leviticus tells us, Leviticus 14, 2 says, these are the regulations for any diseased person at the time of their ceremonial cleansing when they are brought to the priest. The priest is to go outside the camp and examine them. If they have been healed of their defiling skin disease, the priest shall order that two live clean birds and some cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop be brought for the person to be cleansed. See, Jesus followed the law. He was a Jew. And he instructed them to go and see the priest. To go to see the priest so that they could be pronounced clean and then they could become a part of society again. The third thing I want you to notice is the leper's reaction. In verse 15 and 16, one of them, when he, uh, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. The only one who came back, the only one who came back to thank Jesus was a Samaritan. As soon as he noticed he was healed, he headed back to where Jesus was. The only one had boldness, but he also had humility. The only one was praising God with a loud voice. I imagine that he startled some people in the village not only with his loudness, but with his radiant, changed appearance. God had miraculously healed this man. So there was a boldness about him. But he also had a tremendous humility about him. The Bible says he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks to him.
fell on his face. Something I think we could all get better at, amen? Something I think we could all get better at. The only thankful leper was a Samaritan. And the Samaritans were despised by the Jews. The Jews would actually go out of their way and walk extra miles not to set foot in Samaria because they thought it would defile them. It was probably only because these 10 men had leprosy that they were even in the same place because they were ostracized together. They were made to go outside the village. Gratitude was the, act, was the reaction of the only one that came back to Jesus. Gratitude was the reaction of the only one that came back to Jesus. Nine didn't come back. Verses 17 and 18, Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? But you know something? Samaritans were eager to learn about Jesus and they believed in him. Jesus had a place in his heart for them, even though Jews would have nothing to do with them. Remember this Samaritan woman at the well? Remember the good Samaritan? And now we have the healed Samaritan. But where were the nine Jews? All we see for them is ingratitude. They had all the more reason to come back and recognize him as a Messiah, but they were long gone. You see, it appears that they were so absorbed with their newfound health and their well-being that they didn't even give a thought to where it come from. They didn't even give a thought. They had asked and they had received, but very soon they lost sight of the one who is the giver of all good things. Now we've seen their condition, we've seen their petition, we've seen the reaction. The fourth thing, let's look at the leper's salvation. Verse 19, then he said to him, that's Jesus, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. God did something amazing in the heart and the life of the only one who came back. Jesus commends him for coming back and then says, your faith, your faith has made you well. Made you well has the idea of to save or to rescue. You see, the Samaritan showed a different kind of faith. Faith that Jesus could not only heal him, but could also save him. You see, the Samaritan, he heard the Lord's voice and he responded. He listened and then he followed. And Jesus gave him eternal life. That's what separated him from the other nine. You see, Jesus did give all 10 of them temporal blessings, but nine didn't enter into his salvation. We should be grateful. We should have this gratitude 
towards Christ. This thankful leper illustrates the kind of response repentant sinners should have for the free gift of salvation. The kind of response repentant sinners should have for the free gift of salvation. They boldly go back, loudly glorifying God, but humbly falling on their face before him. Thanking him for his blessings. One one reason we often do not show the gratitude and love towards Christ that we ought to is that we do not recognize, listen to what I'm saying. We do not recognize our true condition apart from God. Our true condition apart from Christ. Somehow, and this is weird, but somehow we tend to think that God got a real good deal when he saved us. He got a real good deal. We were doing him a favor. We don't see our sins to be as offensive as, say, a drug addict or an alcoholic, a gang member or a prostitute. After all, we really haven't committed any huge crimes or maybe not even been in jail. Hey, we might even grown up in church. And like these nine Jews, we're good enough, just like we are. We really don't understand how much we've been forgiven. Paul gives us a realistic look at our condition before Christ saved us. If you want, would flip over to Ephesians. Ephesians 2 and Paul talks about our life before Christ. Ephesians 2, 1 says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following his desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. God's wrath. But he goes on and he talks to us Gentiles, which probably everybody in here fits that category. In verse 11, he says, therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves decircumcised, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at one time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise with hope, with hope excuse me, without hope and without God in the world. That's scary right there, without hope and without God. But now, this is good, but now in Christ Jesus, You who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility.
by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create create in himself a new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Verse 17, he came and he preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. You see, apart from Christ, we're like the Samaritan. We're like the Samaritan. We have this fatal condition. And this fatal condition is called sin. We were under the wrath of God and we were separated from God and God's people. But that's been corrected, praise the Lord. Can I get a better amen? Amen. Thank you. That's been corrected, praise the Lord. We have been made alive by the blood of Christ. That is something we ought to get excited about. We've been made alive by the blood of Christ. All of us, regardless of where we were born, who our parents were, how we grew up, or what we've done, need to recognize that God has forgiven much. No matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, God has forgiven much. When we recognize this, then we will be like the grateful Samaritan leper. Coming and falling at the feet of Jesus and giving him the praise, honor, and glory that he and he alone deserves. And I think we should be grateful for others. We should be thankful for the blessings that have come directly from God, but we also need to be thankful for the blessings that God has given us through other people. Sometimes we tend to think that if we give someone praise, it'll make their head swell. And sometimes it does. But I haven't seen anyone get upset if you express appreciation. I've never seen anybody say, I don't want that. Express appreciation. No, I believe with all my heart that God puts people in our lives. And I believe that he puts them there for a reason. I also believe with all my heart that God knows what he's doing. So if you put somebody in your life, they're there for a reason. And when they speak into our lives, sometimes we need to listen. Listen. 
Psalms 107.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. He is good. His love endures forever. So my challenge for you today is real simple. Will you be the one? There were 10 and only one gave Jesus the thanks that he deserved. Only one. Only one stepped out of the crowd. Will you be the one today that steps out of the crowd and gives God the praise? Oh, the other nine are going to sit there in the seat right next to you. Will you be the one that steps out? Will you be the one, just like this leopard, who came back to Jesus and fell at his feet to give him praise? Will you be the one who comes to Jesus this morning and says, I'm a sinner. I am a sinner. I need you. As the praise team comes up, what will you do today? Will you be the one? Will you be the one that's different? Everybody else is going to sit there. Will you be the one that gets up and makes the movement that God's asking you to do today? To make the decision that God's put on your heart? Don't worry about the other nine. Just like this leper, he got out, he stepped out, and he went back to Jesus. The other nine kept on going. But this one went back and fell at the feet of Jesus. Will you be the one? Will you be the one? that acknowledges Christ today. Acknowledges him for what he's done in your life or maybe acknowledge him for the first time ever as your Lord and Savior. Will you be the one? This morning, I don't know what God's putting on your heart. Maybe he's asking you to come join the church. Maybe he's asking you to come forward and express your belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Maybe he's just asking you to come in prayer. Will you be the one? Pray with me. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for the opportunity we have. While we're still alive, while we're still breathing, the opportunity we have to become a part of the family of God. God, I'm glad that you never give up on me that you continue to pursue me and you continue to give me opportunities. When I was dead in my transgressions and sin, when I had no hope, you gave me hope. When I had nothing else, Father, you gave me Jesus. Father, I pray that this morning you would speak Holy Spirit, that you would move and that you would change people's hearts. That you would do this according to your perfect will. And I pray that each one of us would be obedient. Obedient to your calling today. And let that one, give that one courage. Let that one step out. Let that one give you the praise, honor, and glory that you and you alone deserve. 
and ask all this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Would you stand with me? If you have a decision, if you have something you want to come talk to me about, I'm here. The altar's open for prayer. Would you be the one?